Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. We'll get started this morning. We're in Joshua chapter 3, talking about faith, or forward by faith is what we're talking about, forward by faith. And this morning we're going to talk about power for the impossible, power for the impossible. And the text that I really want to focus on and give you some thoughts about is verse 5 where it says, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow for the Lord will do wonders among you. Now let me start here with, a, I guess, a question. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you started your day with that thought? Maybe God's going to do something great today for me? Maybe God is going to do a wonder or a work in my life today that I never could do by myself, that I didn't have power to do, that I needed His strength for? That's what I want to talk about today, power for the impossible, and that God can do great things in your life. God can bless you in great ways. And we're going to find the, not only example here, but I hope the encouragement for each of us this morning to put our faith in God every single day, to go forward by faith, knowing He's there for us and He's about to work or He may be already working on your behalf. So let's look at this. We have here verse 5. I've read it a couple of times. It says, Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I have three thoughts this morning for you on power for the impossible. Power for the impossible. The first one that I want to draw your attention to is obedience. Obedience. That's something we struggle with, right? Well, we might not want to admit we struggle with it. I know when I was growing up, I could tell you what. You know, preachers would push, uh, preach messages on obey. I grew up in church, and they talk about, you know, obey your parents. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You ask my parents, and I don't think they tell you the same thing. You know, there, there are times where, oh, yeah, okay. Obedience is difficult sometimes because we want to do our own thing. We have the flesh. We want to go our own way. The Bible tells us we must obey God. Now, here's what I want to point out to you. Notice at the very beginning, Joshua says here in verse 5, he says, unto the people, sanctify yourselves. Sanctify yourselves. Now, they were to prepare themselves before God would bless. They are to prepare their hearts. That word sanctify means to be set apart. Set apart. We find it up to this point in the Old Testament. It's already a word that's been used. It was used, it was used in creation when God set apart the, the last day. The seventh day. He created in six days. Set apart the seventh. He sanctified it. A day unto himself. Uh, the Sabbath. Then we read of, of other situations of sanctification being done. The word means to be set apart. As far as the context here, they were to prepare their hearts before God. Set apart their heart unto the Lord. And, and it's an act of purifying your heart before God. That's what we find here. To be separate unto God. <coughs> now to separate, <coughs> you have to separate from something. In other words, they had to separate from their, perhaps their personal, their desires within, and they had to separate unto God, or they had to separate from what the world thought and, and the direction the world was pulling them so that they could follow God. They had to put their faith in God, folks. They had to really focus on the Lord, and they had to separate themselves. Now, why, why do this? Why, why is this important? And that's what I'll give you some thoughts here. It was important so God would work. 
That's why it was important. So the Lord would work wonders among them. You know, what we find is that God is not only able to bless, God is prepared to bless, but we must be prepared for those blessings. We must be ready for God to bless us and to work in our lives and to work in our hearts. And the Lord works, first off, amongst what we would call the clean, those that are separated unto Him. He doesn't work amongst the unclean. doesn't work amongst those that are not separated unto Him or not sanctified. Now, to begin with, it starts with salvation. All right, that, That's the beginning of everything, by the way, when it comes to spiritual matters. Uh, how many of you have been born? you got a birthday. Amen. Praise the Lord, right? That was the beginning of your physical life. If you have a spiritual birthday, how many have a spiritual birthday? You've been there, you were saved. That's the beginning of your spiritual life. Amen. Be excited about that one too. That's that's the beginning of your spiritual life. And when you have spiritual life, that means you've been saved. You've been called out of the world. Redeemed, the Bible talks about being redeemed. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what salvation is. I hope you're saved here this morning, that you have a spiritual birthday, a day that you were saved. If not, today can, can be your spiritual birthday. Today can be the day that you believe on Christ, you accept Christ as your Savior, right here in the heart. See, that's, that's being saved, and that's where it begins. Once you're saved... You're brought into God's family. You're called out of the world. You're set apart. You're sanctified, so to speak. And then, as far as sanctification in your life, that is a work that takes place as far as separating yourself from the world. So, salvation is the day you were born. Then you're sanctified. You begin to, to let God work in your heart. You begin to yield unto Him. And you begin to seek His ways. And once you're saved, you can begin living unto God. And you're to separate uh, here's some things I'll give you to separate from. One, you're to separate from your cares and your concerns. That's hard for me to do because I, I worry over things. I tend to fret. Uh, I'm the kind that I can go to God. I tell people I can give Him things, but then I take them back when I leave. In other words, I pray about something. Uh, five minutes later, I'm still worrying over it. I didn't really give it to Him. It's so hard to let go of things. First Peter chapter 5. Let me turn over there so I don't misquote this one. First Peter chapter 5. Uh, we have a passage here on prayer and taking things to God. And I just want to show you the importance of, of giving your cares to the Lord and just letting Him have them so that He can work through those and He can bless you. In First Peter chapter 5, as soon as I get there, First Peter chapter 5, And the Bible tells us here, verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. You know, here we're we're told to cast our cares upon Him, because He cares for us. That's why we're to cast them upon Him. That's why we're to go and give our cares to God. This morning, that's why you're to go give your cares to God. I I don't know what cares you have. That's between you and the Lord. But don't carry them around with you. Take them to God. If it's something you can take care of, then take care of it. If it's something you can't take care of, take it to God. Ask Him to help you. And then just cast it there and let the Lord work. And and that's something you can separate from, your cares and your concerns. Uh, Also, you can separate from sin. The Bible tells us we need to separate from sin. Uh, I'm going to go over to another verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is another verse in the New Testament that I just want to point out to you. Another passage on the importance of separation here. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And here, 
In verse 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now to be yoked together, referring to the oxen being two put together, it says don't be put together with an unbeliever. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? For what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, I will be their God. They shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God, or the Lord Almighty. Uh, you know, we find in this passage the importance of separating from the world, the ungodly. Those that are involved in whether it's idolatry or sins of the world, we're to separate from those and not have anything to do with that. You know, the Bible teaches we're to guard our life, protect our life, and make sure we separate so that way God can bless us. And notice that's a command there. We're to separate from those things. We're to to avoid those. So if you ever find in your life that it's there, you say, well, Pastor, what happens if I find I'm not separating? Well, then you separate. It's easy as just stepping over, getting away. Say, I'm not going to associate with that anymore. That's wrong. I don't need that. That's, that's hurting my life. That's not pleasing to God. So I'm not going to do it. And it's just simply stepping away from it, separating. And then you separate unto God. In other words, we're not just separating just for the sake of separation. We're separating so we can honor God and grow closer to God. See, that's, that's the goal. That's the purpose. Joshua wanted the people to sanctify themselves so that God could work in a great way in their midst. And so, let's get back to our passage now and talk about here the importance of this. You see, God was going to bless them in a great way. And for God to bless, they had to be prepared. Their hearts had to be ready. They had to be pure. They had to be right with God. You know, if you're saved here this morning, I hope you pray you are. And let's just say you are living under yourself for some reason. Uh, You know, by the way, any Christian can do this. Uh, chances are we've all done this at times, done our own thing, lived under ourselves. And if you find yourself doing that, you know, what happens is the Holy Spirit's with you. He's not going to leave you. God's never going to forsake you. But you know what has to happen? The Holy Spirit's going to spend His time trying to convict you of that sin, trying to get you to, to separate, trying to get you to say, hey, this is not good for you. And obviously that's His work. Think of it this way. All that time he spends trying to convict you of sin, if you were walking with God, you separate, that's time he could spend comforting you, strengthening you, encouraging you, teaching you, guiding you. So that's the importance of making ourselves pure before God after we're saved, living under the Lord, so God can work in our hearts, encourage us and strengthen us. Well, here, they were to sanctify themselves, set themselves apart unto God, because they're about ready to be blessed. They're about ready to go forward by faith in the direction that God wanted them to go. And so they had to obey God now. They had to obey His Word so God would bless them. And I want to encourage you to obey the Lord and be blessed. And that leads me to my second thought here. Let's talk about this obstacle now. Okay, We're talking about power for the impossible. Okay, The Bible tells us that they had come to the Jordan River. And the Jordan River was in their way. That, that was the problem that they ran into. The Jordan River was in the way. Uh, as far as the time of year, <clears throat> we know the Jordan River, the banks flooded. Uh, So it wasn't passable. It's not like they could just, you know, catch a flight and go over. It was impossible to do that. 
You're talking about a nation going in. So they had to find a way across this river, a safe way. uh, And they couldn't. Humanly speaking, during this time, they just couldn't find it. Unable to cross. It was an obstacle. Something in their way. Excuse me, let me get a, a drink here just real quick. And so according to the Word of God, they camped there for three days. Three days they waited. You know what that tells me? Three days is long enough to rest and to recuperate, right? You can get some rest, relax a little bit. Three days, how many of you ever made a long trip? And you need some days to rest. Well, they came to a place where they they needed some rest, so they, they rested. But also, you know what three days is also enough to do? It's also enough to consider the cost. You know, they're sitting there, that river sitting in front of them for three days. And I imagine maybe they thought, well, you know, tomorrow might be a little bit lower. I wonder if we got a little bit higher, maybe, or stayed the same. After three days, they realized, ah, this, that river's still there. How are we going to get across this? And so three days is long enough, too, to begin to maybe produce some doubts, get some questions there. You know, they had other options. They could have left. They could have doubted. And so three days was long enough to consider the cost. Also, it was long enough to be comfortable, to be comfortable. You know, three days is long enough to get to the point where you're comfortable. I remember growing up, you know, we were, you know, we were kids, you know, of course, uh, we were never to miss school. And sometimes, you know, we try to get out of it, you know, play sick. You, most of the time, my parents are on to, you know, you, you're just playing sick. Usually what they would do is say, well, okay, if you're sick, then you can't do nothing after school either. And that would usually cure us, you know, because we, we want to get out and play, do other stuff, especially when it's nice out. So we get to school. But, you know, I, I do know this. The longer you, like, if we missed a day, even if we were sick, it was hard to go back that next day. And the more days you miss, the harder it is to get back. Bible reading, same thing. You miss a day reading your Bible, it's harder to get back after two or three days. Prayer, serving God. You see, it's just easy. Three days was long enough for them to, to begin to wonder, I imagine, to, hey, we go in the right direction? Should we still go forward? And so it was a test of their faith, is what we find. A test of their faith, this obstacle sitting here. And, and there are times where, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> There are times, I think, where you're going to have to just follow God, even though things that are in front of you, there's something in front of you, there's an obstacle. Uh, you know, this morning, right now, I want each of you to just think about, are there, is there an obstacle in your life? Is there something? Maybe in front of you, and maybe in some facet of your life, your personal life, business, maybe something going on at work, family. Is there something that is just there that you are having to deal with that you wish you didn't have to deal with? But you've got to deal with this. You've you got to address this. You've got to deal with it. And, and maybe it's out of your... Your strength, your ability to deal with. you just got to find a way right now. That's an obstacle. And that's just like this right here. That's an obstacle. You know, there are going to be times in your life you're going to have these obstacles that appear, that are there. Uh, and I don't know about you, but God hasn't given me a, a warning. He, he didn't give me a list saying, well, this one's coming tomorrow. And this one's coming next week. So get, No, they, they just arrive. By the way, God knows when they're coming, though. That's why we walk by faith, because God knows. And here these obstacles come, and they get in our way. And here, just like this river, there's nothing you can do about it. It, it. It'll appear to stop you. It'll appear to just end everything that you've been doing, maybe as you go forward. See, this is where faith has to kick in. This is where we're talking about going forward by faith. This is where you must go, and you're going to have to trust God to take care of that. Okay? First off, God can remove obstacles. I've seen Him do it. I've seen God remove obstacles out of people's lives where they've just prayed and they prayed and God removed obstacles out of their life. I know a man today who's alive. He's old as me. He's an old man now. 
He's in sixth grade. They told him he wouldn't get past ninth grade. But I tell you what, the church and his family prayed and they prayed and they prayed. He's alive today, healthy. God can remove obstacles. God can do that. And that's why we pray as we go by faith. You know what God can also do? He can also give you strength to go through them. You see, God might not remove an obstacle. God may say, you know what, I'm not going to remove this one. This is for you to go through it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show how you can break through this obstacle. And when you're through it, you're going to look back and say, wow, that's even better than going having it removed. God gave me strength to go through this. And God blessed in a great way. You see, God has power to do that. And so you're just going to have to go forward by faith and trust God is going to provide. And that's what they had to do. Now, here's something else I want you to consider. Uh, why might God bring you to this point? Have you ever thought about that? Why might God bring you to this point? Uh, I've had times in my life where I thought, why? why? Now, now, I'm not doubting God. We don't doubt God. But we may ask God, why? You know, it is good to ask why. God, why, why did you allow this? Is there something here I can learn from? Why did you allow this? Is there something I'm doing I should not be doing? You see, it's good to ask those questions. And you may say, why did God bring me to this point where there's an obstacle right here? I know I'm doing right. I know I'm going where God wants me to do. I know our family's doing well. I know our church is doing well. But God, why did this happen? I'm going to give you five reasons real quick. First, how about shortcomings? God may allow you to, get, to have an obstacle in your life just so that you can realize that you don't have the ability in yourself to take care of it. Just remind us of our shortcomings. You know, nobody here is perfect. Nobody's perfect. We all have our weaknesses. And God may allow these to come in point because, you know, sometimes our pride can get in the way. And this just reminds us of this. How about a second one? How about self-sufficiency? You know, God may allow us to get to a point where there's an obstacle so we stop trusting in ourselves and we start trusting in Him. Uh, by the way, that's so easy to trust in self. It's so easy to figure everything out, think you got to figure it out. And, and God may allow you to get to a point where He says, okay, what are you going to do now? You need me. And maybe that's why God will allow you to get to these points, so that way you, you realize your need of Him in your life, and you draw closer to Him. Uh, here's a, the third one. How about submission? So we submit to Him. You know, so we don't seek other ways or seek different directions, but we submit to God and we realize, God, you're my strength. You're my help in time of need. You're the one that I need to hold on to. And we submit our life to Him and we look to Him. Uh, here's the fourth one. How about sh- the strength of God? He may bring an obstacle into your life simply c- to show you how great He is. Or to show the world how great He is. And that's His strength. Uh, the late... George Mueller, a man of great faith, he put it this way once. He says, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. He says, there's no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. And that is so true today. Faith begins when we can't do it anymore. We need God's help. And maybe that's why God will allow an obstacle in your life. So that way you begin living by faith. And begin trusting in Him and trusting in His strength. And then, and then here's the, the fifth one. I, I just put it this way. Something else. Something else. I don't know what. You know, there may be something God has planned that we just don't know the answer to. And that God has a reason for it. We just got to trust Him. And that's what we find. Here, God put this river out in front of them. 
God knew exactly where they had to go. God knew the time. And God was putting this obstacle there, and God was going to get him through it. God was going to lead him through this. So this morning, just make sure that you look to God for strength and trust Him as you face these obstacles. Here's my, my final thought here this morning. I want to talk about the, the wonderful opportunity that they now had. Okay, we're talking about power. Power for the impossible. Okay, God was about to do great wonders among them. God was about to bless them in a great way. Now that word wonder, that word wonder means something great, excuse me, something difficult to do, wonderful, marvelous, a miracle. That's what it is, a miracle. God is about to do some great miracles amongst them. And this is one of the most memorable events in Israel's history. Is what this is. What we find in this passage, you, you, let's read through a little bit more and just see, see what eventually happened here so we can see this. It says here in verse 9 of Joshua chapter 3, it says, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know the living God is among you, that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passed over before you into Jordan. Now therefore, take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe of man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass, when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and their priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they, they bear the Ark, were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon the heap very far from the city Adam that is beside Zaraton, and those that came down toward the Sea of the Plain, even the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. You know what the Bible tells us? As soon as the priests, as soon as they put their foot in the water, it split. And there was dry ground and they crossed over. You know, at the very beginning, Joshua said, what's about to happen is basically you've never seen before. You don't, you don't know the way that you're going. You see, God had a plan for them. And God was going to show him them, His power, His strength, His might. How He could take them through obstacles. All they had to do was trust in Him. All they had to do was look to Him, sanctify their hearts. And God would take care of the rest. And He did this. He kept His word. And the Bible tells us as they walked through, they got through the other side. Later they would set up a memorial to this. They would get these stones, they'd put them up because of such a great event that took place. And this would remind them as they go forward how good... How good God is. How great and wonderful their God was. So here's what we find here. These people had not been in the land. Obviously they had not been in the land before. This group of people. It was a land promised to them. And their faith led them in. Took them in the land. This trial. This obstacle. This river in front of them. Presented an opportunity for God to work. It presented an opportunity for the Lord to to bless. And God was faithful. God was good to them. God honored them. God kept His word. 
And they place their faith in Him. So here's some thoughts for you this morning. You know, I believe it's probably safe to say this. Most Christians, let me ask you this morning, how many of you want God to do something great in your life? Yeah, I, I think most Christians would probably agree with me. And agree with you on that. I think most Christians say, yeah, I want God to do something great. I want God to, to bless my family in a great way. I want God to bless the church I go to in a great way. I want God to bless this nation in a great way. I think most people want God to bless. And most people hope that God would work in a great way in their life. But notice something. And not just here, but throughout the entire Bible. God does great things when great things are needed. That's how God works. Let me give it to you again. God does great things when great things are needed. In other words, God will do a miracle when a miracle is needed. You see this morning, you know, God has power just to give you a, a breakfast cooked, ready to go as soon as you got out of bed. But that wasn't needed because God knew you could take care of that yourself and get going. You see, when you get to the point in your life when something is needed, you can count on God to take care of that. Because God will provide your needs. When you get these obstacles that are in front of you, that you can't change. Maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe they've discouraged your faith a little bit. Maybe they've tempted you to be discouraged. When you get these obstacles, that's when you trust in God. Because that's when God is going to do something great. That's when He begins to work. When you put your faith in Him and wait on the Lord to work. So, this morning... The thought is, we don't seek trouble, okay? It's not that we go seek these troubles. By the way, they're going to come anyway. It's part of life. But when you face a difficult moment, when you face a trouble, when you have an obstacle in your life, you can be sure that God is going to help you through it. That He has the power for you either to go through, either to remove it, but He's got power for the impossible. See, that's, that's the God you serve this morning. That's the same God that they served. And God is still great. God is still mighty. And so when God blesses, we praise Him. We glorify Him. We honor Him. We remember Him. We thank Him. And we let those blessings encourage us as we go forward. So this morning, as I wrap it up, power for the impossible. Power for the impossible. I want to give you some thoughts here and have you think about a few things. First off, first off, is there something in your life that you would say, I need help with? Is there something in your life today you say, you know, I need help with. I, I need help with this. And, and you don't have to share it with anybody. You know, it's, it's something in your heart, in your life. Say, I need help with. Maybe it's a personal situation. Maybe it's a... Something with family, maybe something at work. Here, here's the second one. Is it something you can't take care of? That's the second one. Now, if it's something you can take care of, then I encourage you to seek God's wisdom on how to deal with it. Because maybe it's something you can take care of with God's strength, God's wisdom, God's help. And you can address that and deal with it. But maybe it's something that you say, you know, I can't, I can't do this by myself. I don't have the power to overcome this. It's too strong for me. It's too big. Now, we think about the river here that they faced. It was just too big for them, too strong. They couldn't get across. 
Now, I'm sure some of them have swam their whole life. Some of them knew water. But as a whole, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't beat this. And maybe there's something in your life that's like that. That you're just saying, you know, it's an obstacle here. Now, here, here's the next one now. If there is, that's time to go to God right now. And we're going to have a word of prayer. I want to encourage you to take that to the Lord. Ask Him to give you either maybe wisdom with that. Maybe you need strength. Physical strength. Maybe you need strength if it's a temptation. If it's a trouble. If it's something that's in your way, you don't know how to deal with it. Maybe you just need to ask God for some wisdom, some, some help with this. Maybe ask God to take it away or maybe ask God to help you through it. Whatever the case this morning, I want to give you a chance to pray because God is good. God is gracious. God is mighty. God is powerful. And God will hear your prayers. And if you seek Him, God will help you. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.